sang one up there a while ago too, and I guess I, I really love that song. And Ten thousand angels. Aren't you glad he didn't call for help? He said he should have called for help. Uh, <clears throat> I want to. Uh, I forgot to to say something while I go in the announcement. If you need a hearing device or anything to help with your hearing, if you always see Jamie Latham there, she will uh, get you one. That is on the opposite page of where my announcements are. So, As all of you know, today, thousands and thousands of Christians all around the world celebrating the triumphant entry of Jesus Christ into Jerusalem. Many people call it Passion Week, Holy Week, and it is true. It is all of these things. And we know that this week is going to be full. Jesus is going to be very busy of what he did. He came in. This was his final trip into Jerusalem. Time for Jesus to go to the cross. Aren't you glad that He loved us enough to go? You know, he He had a choice, but He said, "Father, Thy will be done, not mine." It was the Father's will that Jesus Christ come and died on that cross for our. And you know, Jesus was the only one that could die for our sins and bring us total and complete forgiveness. He is the one that brought our redemption, our forgiveness. He is the one that brought our salvation. But you know, this was planned even before man. God knew this world was going to sin. He knew the problems that there was going to be. Everything was already put in place. And this event, I don't know if y'all have ever noticed it or not, I'm sure you probably have, but it's in all four of the Gospels. Every Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, carry this event. They talked about it. So evidently that tells you this must have been a very important time all four Gospels to tell us about the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And uh, I am going to do something just a little bit different. Jesus is our main character. He is the main man. He's the one that brought salvation. But as I was reading and look at things, something hit me. I had never seen it before. <clears throat> it talks about a little small donkey. Have y'all ever considered that donkey? Well, today we're going to consider that donkey. He is going to be the main character today. Y'all say, what? A donkey? Well, just give me a minute here, and uh, I think y'all see where I'm going with this and what I'm talking about. Uh, we see when Jesus was getting ready to come into uh, Jerusalem 
He sent, he sent for his disciples. They was there, but he said, I need you to go into town. I need you to get me a donkey. I'm sure they wondered, a donkey? What in the world do you need a donkey for? Well, here in Matthew 21, verse 1 and 2, it kind of it explains something here. It says, uh, And when they drew near to, unto Jerusalem and had come to Bethphage and to the Mount of Olives, Jesus then sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway or immediately you shall find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. Do y'all realize that that little donkey was found exactly where Jesus told them it would be? Exactly where he told them it would be. And the thing about it is, is that little donkey was not there by coincidence, by accident, or by chance. It was there by a divine appointment of God. God had arranged for that little donkey to be there. God knew all about this little donkey and why they needed that donkey. Most of us don't consider why was a donkey important? Why did Jesus need a donkey? Uh, you know, and two, and just think about this. Out of all the donkeys that were there in the village, there in Jerusalem, God had chosen this donkey at this particular place, at this particular time, to be found by the disciples. And there's something pretty amazing here that's going to take place, too. And uh, if y'all will think about something, there was two. There was a mother donkey and a baby donkey. Now what donkey do you think Jesus rode? He rode the colt. A little donkey that had never been ridden. Never had a person on its back. Now can you imagine if we went today and we got on a little donkey that never had nobody on his back, you think what kind of experience we'd have? Do y'all ever feel like that maybe, somehow, God spoke to that little donkey? Little donkey, you're fixing to have something take place, and you're going to be part of it. It's very important. I don't need you bucking. I don't need you carrying on. I don't need you running off. I need you to do exactly Do y'all believe that a donkey can speak? Do you believe a donkey can talk? It did in the Old Testament. When Baal was going to come against the word of God, the rider of that donkey going along, and all of a sudden, that donkey stopped. Could go no further. Started beating on that donkey, whipping that donkey. Come on, donkey, let's go. Well, the thing about it is, the angel of the Lord was standing there. 
on donkey soil. And then saying, she was saying, that little donkey turns around, look at Baal. Do you not see the angel of the Lord standing here? I will not go past him. Baal didn't see what that little donkey did. The little donkey spoke. That's amazing. We got a little donkey right here that God placed here for a very special reason. That something was fixing to take place. And he needed this donkey for Jesus. We don't see a lot of this stuff. We read over it. And uh, <clears throat> just like uh, I said here, this little donkey was placed here at this particular time to be found by the disciples. You know, it, that's kind of like us. We, we have been chosen by the divine appointment of God to be here on this earth at this time. We have been chosen by God to be here in this time so that we could serve him. And this is true of all of us. This is true of every one of us. We were chosen and put here at this particular time for a particular reason. Just like the little donkey, we've been chosen to be here to serve Jesus. That little donkey was chosen to be where he was at to serve Jesus. Many people today, and I, you know, I hate to say this, but it's true, because I thought it, I did. But many people today will give a number of reasons and excuses why they can't serve Jesus. You ever ask somebody to do something, they have all these excuses, well, I can't do this. Well, I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't know what to do. You know, if we will just submit, when God calls us, we don't have to worry about what we do. God's already got that plan. He will put somebody or something in your life to guide you in what he wants you to do. You were called, just like this little donkey, by a divine appointment of God. God's got a special reason for each and every one of us to be here. And uh, just like that little donkey, you know, that little donkey, he just... Uh, had nothing else to do on that particular Sunday 2,000 years ago. He just had to be available. He didn't have a big schedule ahead. He just had to be available. And God used him to help bring about the perfect plan of his salvation. You say, how can a little donkey help bring about God's plan of salvation? By doing what he did. Like I told you a while ago, there was a very special reason and a very special purpose for this donkey to be here that we don't pay attention to. We don't look at it. And two, look at what uh, John says here in uh, John 15, 16. I say John says Jesus is the one talking. It's in John 15, 16. Jesus said, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Do you realize you have been chosen by God? You're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. It's not a mistake. God chose you. He goes on to say, and you should go 
and bring forth fruit. What does he mean we should go and bring forth fruit? We should go and be telling others about Jesus. Bring fruit into their life of who Jesus is, what Jesus can do for them, about the plan of salvation and how this Jesus shed blood on that cross that brings us that plan of salvation. Jesus is the only one that can do it. He's the only one. He said, and then whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. When we are obedient to God, God's reward is answered prayer. God rewards us when we are obedient. And that, and that reward is answered prayer. When we are obedient to God, we follow God, we do what God told us to do. So if God can use a little donkey in fulfilling his plan for salvation, then maybe, you know, just maybe it's possible he's also got a plan for you to do something. But we have to make ourselves available. We have to say yes to God. A number of people, like I said a while ago, will have excuses after excuse why they can't save God. You know, and I've had it happen. I've had, well, I'm too old to do that. I said, how old do you think Moses was? How old do you think Abraham was? What about Methuselah? What about Noah? years old as they are and look what they did. When God's got a plan, age makes no difference. Age makes no difference. We just have to be obedient to what God asks us to do. Now if you're anything like me, I know that God has asked me to do some things. I said, God, what are you talking about? Me? Well, God, I don't know how to do this. He said, maybe you don't, but I do. Maybe you don't know, but I do. And God will put people in your life to help you do what he's called you to do. He will equip you to do what he calls you to do. It's not on your own. It's not on your own. It's through the power and the love, the mercy, and the grace of God that we do these things for. It's to lift him up. It's not to lift ourselves up. It's to lift God up. It's to put God out here where people can see Him. It's to put God out there. And we are needed just like that little donkey was. You know, I told you there was a very special reason for that donkey. And this happened about 450 years before the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. This was already predicted that this was going to happen. Listen to this in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. This is Zechariah's scripture. He says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, or Israel. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes unto you. He is just and having salvation. He is lowly, or he's humble. You know, Jesus was probably one of the most humble persons there was on this earth. He had all the power in the world, but he was very humble. He said, 
and having salvation and lowliness riding upon a donkey and upon a coat of the foal of a donkey. This was predicted to happen 450 years before it happened. That's why the donkey was needed. It was to fulfill Scripture. It was to fulfill Scripture. You know, some, some people ask, well, couldn't Jesus have just walked? Yeah, he could have. But that wasn't Scripture. That wasn't what it said. That wouldn't, that wouldn't have said it was going to happen. It shows that when this little donkey came and Jesus rode him in, it shows that Jesus was really the Messiah as foretold by the prophets of old. Jesus was simply fulfilling Scripture, showing even the prophets 450, 500 years ago knew that this day was coming. They knew I was coming this day. They knew what this week was going to hold. They knew what was going to be accomplished. Some, like I said, some ask, and I've had them ask me, in this day and time, does God really need us to help him achieve his plans? Does God really need us? No, he don't really need us, but he wants us because he loves us. He wants us to be part of the plan to help tell others about Jesus, to tell them about Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection. We are to lift up God. We are to tell them about Jesus and what Jesus has done and what Jesus is going to do. And, you know, I, and, and really I like to think that God uses us to show us he is God. Has anybody here really ever had an experience with God? Where God showed up in your life and you knew that it was God. I know some people that have. I've been there. I've seen it. See, as a result of God showing up, God was using it, it, just think about it. When you know that God has showed up, your faith increases, your faith is strengthened, because you can see God personally moving in your life. He wants you to know, hey, I know each and every one of you. I know the day that you were born. I know the day that you were back. I know how many hairs you got on your head. Well, some of you don't have as many as you did. But God knows all of these things. He knows everything there is to know about us. How does he know this? Because he created us. He created us. Created us from the dust of the earth. The Bible tells us, from the, when we die from the dust, that you shall return back, but your spirit shall go and be with God who gave it. Yes, this body will return to dust, but that spirit, the real you, go back to God if you know Jesus Christ see that's the point this is why Jesus came this is why Jesus did what he did 
show us who was. He truly was the Messiah. The one that, that, that the Jews were all looking for. And in this triumphal entry into Jerusalem, one of the things that really hacked the Jews off, that made them mad, said, oh, they was all shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, who comes in the name of the Lord. The Pharisees got involved and got to tell them all kinds of things about Jesus. See, the Jews thought Jesus was coming into Jerusalem to set up his kingdom right then and there. And when he didn't, they got mad. They said, well, he's not setting up his kingdom. It wasn't time for Jesus' kingdom yet. Not here on earth. But it would come. Do y'all realize? And when it, it, chances are it could not be too awful far off. But there will be a kingdom of, of the Lord Jesus Christ right here on earth that will last for 1,000 years. Jesus is going to rule here on this earth for 1,000 years. It's going to be a great and unpleasant time. It's going to be interesting. And the thing about it is, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you're going to rule with him. You're going to be there. You're going to see it. Oh, what a time that's going to be. What a time that is going to be. You know, when we have that experience with God and God comes and does things in our life, things that we prayed for, maybe even some things we haven't prayed for, but God knew we needed it. He knew we loved it. Maybe he says, I'm going to show him I'm God. I'm going to show him I'm God. And then he'll start working in your life. And you know, then it's not about a testimony we hear from a stranger or a friend, but it's our own personal experience. It's our testimony of what God has done in your life. You know, that is something, there's people in here that can give testimonies, and I wish they would start doing that what God has done, how he has changed their life, how he has turned them around, how he has delivered them from the hands of death. There's people here. Well, Bill, how do you know? Because I witnessed it. I saw it. I was there praying with them. I know what happened. And it was only the move of God that brought some of these people through it, and they're here today. They're here today. See, Jesus came to give us life. He came to love us, to save us. You know, when God does something in your life and you know that it was Him, it's, we look back, when we're going through some rough times, we look back and say, God, I'm not even worried about it. You showed up once before, and I know you'll show up again. I know you're going to show up again. You did it once. God said, what does the Bible say? God says, he, God is no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he'll do for another. When we go through things, and we have Jesus Christ living in our heart, 
you better be ready because God is going to show up. And it shouldn't even surprise you. It shouldn't even surprise you. This is going to be your opportunity to tell somebody else what God did in your life. That's going to be your opportunity to be a witness. That's going to be your opportunity to maybe witness to somebody and bring them God. To tell them about God. To have them accept God. That's one of the greatest feelings there is. When you told somebody about Jesus Christ, I said, I want him in my life. I said, would you pray with me? Yes. The chills, the cold bumps, everything, that just it just goes over you. Because you know that God is sitting right there beside you saying, well done, good and this is what I want you to do. Tell others about me. Tell them how much I love them. Tell them what I can do in their life. But you know, without us having experiences of God working in our lives, those dark times get a lot darker. You been there? You seen those dark times? Have you seen the times get lighter and easier? Jesus came into your life? Oh, and when Jesus comes in, now you're going to have some problems. Many people think, oh, boy, when I accept Jesus Christ, I'll never have another problem whatsoever. Wrong. That's when the, that's when the devil, that's when Satan really comes against you. Because he don't want you to know Jesus. He don't want you to pray to Jesus. He don't want you to talk about Jesus. He's going to try to discourage you from following Jesus. Don't listen to him. My Lord and Savior is Jesus Christ. That's who I serve and no one else. You know, God needs us. Yes, He needs us to work for Him. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Look at what it says. It says, For we are the workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has before ordained that we should do it. What is this saying? God has created us. He has ordained us. What does ordained mean? Ordained means to set us apart to do good things for God. He watches over. He set us apart. He's put us over here. He put that little donkey over to one side and said, Hey, donkey, I got something I need you to do. Even a little animal like that little donkey. I got a job for you. I got something you need to do. A little donkey did what Jesus called him to do. Are you doing what Jesus has called you to do? Are you doing it? You know, we can kind of, in a way, we can kind of be like that little donkey. How many of you realize that we are to carry Jesus around? That's what that little donkey did. He carried Jesus around. And in carrying Jesus around, what did he do? He took him through multitudes and multitudes of people. How many people do you see in a day's time? How many people could you talk to about Christ? How many people could you talk to and tell them? But how many people do we talk to? How many people do we tell them about Jesus? How many people do we give our testimony to of what Christ has done in our life? 
know, maybe say, well, I don't like to talk about Jesus. It's kind of bothers me to talk about Jesus. I don't know what that means. Well, I would be more concerned with what Jesus would think when you stand before him than what somebody else thinks because you mentioned Jesus' name to them. What's that person going to do? Say, can I tell you about Jesus? What is what is the most thing? What what could they really do? Nothing. Say, no, thank you. I don't want to hear it. And walk off. I've had it happen. I said, can I tell you about Jesus? He said, well, I don't have time. I really need to get. They didn't want to hear it. But you know, that didn't discourage me. Because there was another one waiting on the corner down there to talk to me. I guarantee you, you're going to walk up to somebody one day and you say, can I tell you about Jesus? And they're going to say, would you please? I've heard about him, but I want to know more about him. I want to know who he is. I want to know who he is. You know, each of us, if God has called, we should use whatever gift God has given us to serve others. We should be kind of like this little donkey. We should just tell others. We should, should like I said, that little donkey carried Jesus around. We have Jesus should have Jesus in our heart. He should be there walking with us daily. We should be carrying Jesus around with us. And when we get to somewhere, you know, just like that little donkey, we're to carry Jesus to as many people as we can. Maybe to that stranger sitting beside us at Whataburger. Maybe to our friends, even our family, to tell them about Jesus. Or better yet, witnessing to a stranger that does not know him at all. Tell somebody about Jesus. Jesus should be in your heart. He should be walking around. You should be carrying Jesus around. And a lot of people say, well, I don't know. I don't know how I can serve Jesus. Serving Jesus, really, we need to be humble. We need to be humble. You know, just think about that little donkey, how humble that little donkey was. He did exactly what he was supposed to do. There wasn't no drama or anything. There wasn't no pride. There wasn't no walking around saying, look at me, I serve Jesus. Serving the Lord does not mean you have to be the one standing here in the pulpit. Serving the Lord does not mean that you need to be a leader in a ministry. You just you don't need to carry an official title. You just need to love Jesus. That's all you need to do. Serving the Lord can be anywhere from greeting people as they come into this church. The visitors, making them feel so welcome that they want to come back. Make them feel Jesus in your presence. Make them feel Jesus in this church. Know that he's here. Can you do that? Can you talk to a stranger? Can you make them feel welcome? Can you invite them to come back? Say, thank you for being here. Thank you for serving the Lord. Thank you for wanting to be in church. But be somebody that can speak up for Jesus. Be somebody that can speak up for Jesus. 
And, you know, like I said, serving the Lord can be greeting people as they come through the front doors. And whether you believe or not, it's either cleaning the toilet. You can serve Jesus just by cleaning the toilet. You know, today I changed this message upside, but it's not a message. I don't mean to be judgmental. about how you serve Jesus, or if you serve Jesus. Because that's going to come out anyway. But, it's meant, I guess, more or less as a wake-up call. Just to remind us, are you serving Jesus? When you have the opportunity, can you speak up? Can you tell somebody? should be telling others about Jesus. No, this, this little message today was just meant to encourage you to get more of Jesus in your life. So that when you have that opportunity, you can lift Jesus up to someone else. Tell them how much Jesus loves you. Tell them about the cross. Tell them how Jesus suffered for them because of love for them. But in order to get to heaven, they have to receive it. They have to receive it. What did Jesus say? For I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come unto the Father but through me. In other words, if you don't accept me, you can't get to the Father. You must go through Jesus. Going through Jesus is believing Jesus is who he says he is. He is truly the Son of God. He truly is for us on that cross. He truly is the one who shed his blood for us. He is salvation. Isn't that what he told Martha? Martha, I am the resurrection. See, the resurrection is not a fact. It's Jesus. He is the resurrection. And that's the only way that you will be resurrected the grave is through Jesus. We have to tell people. We have to get this in our spirit. I know one I have to do a funeral or something like that. I try to let people know and that a person, just because they're laying in that coffin, that's just, that's just what does the Bible say? That's the house, that's the tent in which they live where they receive their burial. They know Jesus Christ. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They're already there. They are receiving. This is just a body that one day when the rapture occurs, that spirit that's in heaven with Jesus right now will come back with him. And when the dead are raised from the dead, that spirit will rejoin that body. And us who are alive, when this happens, we will be caught up to heaven with the dead that has arrived. Can you imagine if we're going to get a glorified body on the way? A body exactly like Jesus had in his resurrection. We're going to have that resurrected body that Christ had. We're going to be like him. That's what the Bible says. 
for we shall be like him. I don't know of anybody I'd rather be like. I don't know of anybody I'd rather be like. <coughs> but like I said, this message is meant to encourage us to tell others about Jesus. Because life truly is better when you have Jesus. Every one of you, and probably all of you, at one time or another, you've been out in that world. You've lived in that world. You know what's out there. But look how your life changed when you said yes to Jesus. And that's what we should be praying to be with Jesus. Give me those words to speak through your Holy Spirit that I can help somebody else to know you and do for you, do for them what you did for me. He will. He will. I'm going to ask the band to come up if you will. If you're here today and you've never accepted Christ or you feel like I'm not as close to Jesus as I know I need, we have an altar there. You can come up here, you can kneel and ask Jesus, Lord, I want to walk with you. I want to be closer to you. Say, okay, come on. He hears you. He hears you. He wants to be closer to you, too. Maybe you have something going on in your life. You say, I need, I, I just, I need prayer. I will be down front. I'll be glad to pray for you. We'll knock you at oil and prayer. You all realize, I know Jesus is sitting in heaven right now at the right hand of the Father. What's he doing? He's interceding for you. When we pray, he takes that prayer and he presents it to the Father. Father, did you see this? This this, this person that loves you, they're needing this, and they're just praying about it. Can we grant this? The Father's going to say, yes, you can grant it. He's at the Father's right hand interceding for you right now. He wants you here. He wants you waiting. In Exodus, what did, what, what, did you, what did God say? For I am the God that healeth thee. He told us who he was. He said, God, I know you, you are still a healing God. I know you still love us. But Father, I'm going to come to you. And when you come to him, you've got to come to him what? in faith. Believe it. times in the Bible we read when he would touch somebody and he would heal. What did he tell them? Go and let it be according to your faith. If you believe you're healed, you're healed. So I'm going to ask this man to sing. If you need to come to the altar, you just need prayer, whatever, I'll be down front and pray with you. We've got the altars. And if you just feel like I just need to tell God I just need a moment much I love him. I want to thank him for everything he's done in my life. That's something we fail to do many times. It's just to come and thank and ask him. So I'll ask the band to play. If you have something you need, please.